What does it really mean to own our own stories? Hi, welcome to another episode of Business Mindset Mastery. My name's Heather Gray. I'm a mindset coach over at choosetohaveitall.com where I work with online business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs. I wanted to talk to you today about the idea of owning our stories. It's messaging that we get when we're taught about how to market ourselves, how to stand out in a crowd, how to present our businesses to other people. We're often encouraged in the marketing lingo to talk about our story, to share who we are, what we do, how we serve, to share our why is a popular phrase that people use when talking about this, and to not be afraid to be vulnerable because we have to show ourselves so that our audience knows us, knows how to find us, and can more easily connect with us. And I think sometimes there's a lot of pressure in the entrepreneurial space to share more than we might be ready for, or sometimes to share more than it's appropriate. Just before I started recording this podcast, I erased the last episode that I did because in that episode of the podcast, I shared a personal story that 24 hours later after sharing it, it still didn't feel like the right answer for me. It's not a story I'm afraid of. It's not a story I'm ashamed of, but telling the story would hurt someone else if they knew that I had shared it. I had sort of shared it as an aside. I hadn't planned on telling the listeners of the podcast the story. It was just something that came up as I, you know, I don't, you know, I don't prepare these shows more than uh, what the topic is. I tend to just start going and riff off of my ideas and things that I want to teach all of you. And so I didn't give it much thought when I shared it until after. And it was a story where everyone involved has already come to a place of healing And it doesn't upset me to bring it up, but I think it would upset the other people involved. So I made a choice and I deleted the episode. It's not worth the risk. It's a shame because I do think it was a really good episode. And as a listener pointed out to me, I still could have made the point without sharing the example. So that's certainly something I have to be aware of going forward. But it was a really powerful example and moment in time for me to remind myself and then in turn to remind you that our stories are our own. (laughs) Say that five times fast. Um, We get to say when, we get to say, say where, we get to say how, how much, we get to own our stories. We get to decide who knows the whole version, who knows the Cliff Notes version, and who doesn't know anything. It's not true that owning our story means coming out public and telling the world. Owning our story really means accepting that something happened, accepting how it's affected us, how we interpreted it, the stories we told ourselves about it, and what we ended up doing in terms of our behavior and response to our story. Whether or not anyone else knows it, we still can own our stories. 
When I was a therapist, I worked with a lot of people who ran away from their stories. And now that I offer mindset coaching, I can tell you there's a lot of people who run away from their past and their history, and they try to run to their businesses, thinking that that's the answer. That if they can reinvent themselves, that story about themselves isn't true. And that, unfortunately, is a mistake. Because wherever we go, there we are. I want to talk to you today about owning your story and making that choice for yourself. So stay tuned on the other side of this break, and I'll be right back. Those of you who have been listening to this show from the beginning know that my husband has a spinal cord injury, and you know the story behind it. When I was a therapist, I worked in that brick and mortar for 10 years, and I can tell you only five of my clients ever knew that my husband had a disability. They still didn't know in 2015 when he was sick for eight months, I was still able to withhold that information. Because you see, as therapists, we're strongly encouraged not to share our story not to tell people our personal business because it's the belief of the profession that when we're sharing our personal stories, we're making it about us and not about the client. And so I felt like the therapy police (laughs) would find me if I had shared that this was happening or that it had happened. The same is true with my history of depression. I openly talk about it and to friends and family, and a lot of people know about it, but a lot of my clients never knew that I had had that struggle because, again, I was sort of led to believe that I wasn't supposed to have told them. The issue with that is that as a provider, it starts to feel like a lie. It starts to feel like you're sitting on some holier-than-thou throne and you're all-knowing and you didn't come to know these lessons by having been there yourself. It felt really dishonest and it, quite frankly, it really just did feel like I was lying when I would mention my husband and not include the idea that he also used a wheelchair because I knew that my clients were creating an alternate story where he was able-bodied and where my life was a little bit easier than it actually was. When I decided to move away from the therapist role and into the coaching role, I found it incredibly freeing and empowering and confidence-building to own my story, to be sort of open about my relationship, to be real about the struggles, to share who I really was. It felt like the mask had come down. And since then, it's been a battle for me to really measure how much do you really need to know about me in order to learn the lessons I have to teach you? How much of myself do I really need to put out there? How much of myself do I really want to put out there? If you're on a need-to-know basis, what do you really need to know? 
And I think that as we start to prepare to share our stories, to talk about who we are beneath the Facebook version of our lives, to share the struggles, to show our warts, we have to walk ourselves through that process. And it's not always going to be clean and easy. In the example that I'm sharing with you today, I didn't figure out that I had shared too much until I had done it. And thank goodness for the delete button, I had an opportunity to undo it. And some people don't have that luxury. Sometimes they realize they said too much in a moment of unguardedness or in a moment of lower boundaries, and they have to live with the regret about that. Other people find that they haven't shared enough, so they still feel like they're playing small. They still feel like they're hiding. They still feel like people don't really know them. The message I want you to think about today is that you need to be in control of who knows your story, how much of it they know, when you decide to tell them, how you decide to tell them. All of that is entirely within your control. You get to own it. And it is nonsense that in order to be your most authentic self, that in order to be your most honest self, you have to pay with your story. You have to share your story in order to connect. That's nobody's business but yours until you're ready to share it, until you're in the driver's seat of saying when, where, and how much. You're the narrator of your story, and that means you get to control the narrative. You get to control the pacing, how much people know, the level of detail you share, and how exposed you leave yourself. And the reality is, is not everyone has earned the right to hear your story. In the example that I share from today, I simply don't want to hurt the other people involved. They would be incredibly hurt and upset to know that I talked publicly about things that have long since been resolved. But for other people, the upset and the regret with the share is that they've put it out into the general public and they've given it to people who haven't heard, earned the right to hear it. We get to decide who gets the privilege of our story. And it is simply not true that if you don't share that, you're being dishonest or you're lying. I think there's a lot of pressure about that. And right now here in the United States and across the world, we're in a universal conversation around sexual harassment, the way women are treated, why people are coming forward and men have been abused and women have been abused and why they didn't say something, why are they saying something now? And there's a lot of speculation and a lot of conjecture. And what's getting lost in the message is that the moment we share our stories, we have to live with the natural consequence of sharing that story. The reason why therapists, for example, are told to not disclose is because you're working with largely, by definition, people who are mentally unstable. Some are higher functioning than others, but they found you because they're struggling with life. That might mean that they don't know how to deal with the information they have. 
I was working in residential when I was still in college, so I probably wasn't even 20 yet. And I was working with a teenager, and that program had looser boundaries, and we were allowed to share our stories. And so I did mention to this to a particular client um, that my mom had died too, because her mom had died, and I thought that that would bring a moment of connection. But then in an acting out moment, she ended up saying something incredibly mean to me about my mom and about the fact that my mom had died. And that was the natural consequence. When we make a choice to be vulnerable, when we make a choice to connect to other people using our stories, some people are going to embrace us and some people are going to hate on us. And you have to be prepared for both. And the idea that we owe it to our clients to be our whole version of ourselves, I just think is a bad idea and a bad message because we're going to be the only ones left holding the bag after the words have uttered our mouth. If you're feeling held back because people don't know you, if you feel like you're playing small because people can't connect to you, if people have no way of knowing why they should choose you versus the next person, and you know and own, it's because you're not sharing yourself, you're not telling people who you are and how you move through the world, you're going to have to make a conscious choice. Whether or not you want to live with the natural consequence of not sharing yourself, deciding how much more of yourself you might be willing to share, or what it would mean for you to be completely transparent about who you are and how you got here. To hear a coach tell you what to do with your own story is bad malpractice, I think. I don't think anybody has the right to say, you tell your story now or else, or you have done something wrong if you don't, or you're responsible for other people if you haven't. That's an amount, that's an immense amount of pressure. It's, it's, really unfathomable because at the end of the day, once we're done talking, we're going to be the ones who have to hear the feedback. Here's the thing about personal development. It doesn't happen in a vacuum. It's not perfectly organized and structured with the perfect words and the perfect script and the perfect cadence. We have to figure this out as we go. And there's huge vulnerability attached to that. In this case, I didn't feel really vulnerable with my share. It was easy for me to talk about until I realized that I didn't want to deal with the natural consequence that would come with hurting the people involved should they find out that I started talking publicly about it. But for other people, the natural consequence is living in bad memories. For other people, it's going to be about facing trauma or facing an accuser or managing a difficult relationship. And you want to be in control of that narrative. And you get to decide how people hear your story. And you can do it through 
asides and isolated examples without giving everybody the whole novel with every chapter. You can talk about lessons you've learned without sharing how you came to learn them. You can share opinions that you've gathered by moving through life and your wisdom that you've acquired without going into the nuts and bolts of how you got there. It's entirely within your control. But when you run from your story, and you're not even willing to be honest with yourself, that story owns you. And what I want to talk to you about, and what this podcast episode is about, is owning your story. You acknowledging what you've been through, what you've learned, the good, the bad, the ugly, the in-between. And knowing for yourself how those experiences have shaped you as an individual so you can decide and actively choose if you still want to move through the world in that way. When we've been hurt, when we've been broken hearted, some of us tend to isolate. I've shared with you how I used to have a best friend that I don't talk to anymore. And after the ending of that friendship, I really closed myself off to meeting new people. I didn't want to make a new friend. I didn't want to put myself out there. And I got to decide that. And then at some point in time, things started to feel a little bit lonely. My connections with people started to feel less genuine, less real, less meaningful. And I didn't like the natural consequence I was living with of being guarded. So I chose to become less guarded. I chose to take down the walls because I didn't like the way my story was playing out in my behavior. I had to own that. I had to own what happened and I had to own the fact that I wanted to be different. That's what I'm encouraging you to think about today. Whether or not you tell me your story, whether or not you share it with another soul, you have to be honest with yourself about who you are, how you got here, and where you want, where you want it to take you next. That's what's crucial. And that's what owning our stories really means. I hope I've given you some things to think about today. I hope you're thinking about your own story and how you're showing up in the world with it, whether or not you want to show up more, whether you need to show up less, or somewhere in the middle. Thanks for joining me today. If you have any questions or comments about the show and you want to talk to me, certainly reach out over at heather at choosetohaveitall.com. And if you're finding value in the things we're talking about and you're getting something from this, I really encourage you to share the podcast with other people who may need it and to leave a review on iTunes. It's the best way that I can get the word out in addition to subscriptions. The more people who subscribe to the show, the more iTunes puts it out to other people. Thanks so much for having this conversation with me today, and I look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Bye for now.